Support for this podcast and the following message come from Dignity Memorial. When your celebration of life is prepaid today, your family is protected tomorrow. Planning ahead is truly one of the best gifts you can give your family. For additional information, visit DignityMemorial.com. Bullseye with Jesse Thorne is a production of MaximumFun.org and is distributed by NPR. It's Bullseye. I'm Jesse Thorne. Maria Bamford is one of the best stand-up comics in the world, and she has spent a lifetime looking for help. For as long as she can remember, she has dealt with anxiety, depression, obsessive-compulsive disorder, and a host of other issues. She's seen therapists. She's attended seminars, joined support groups. She's even called car rental agencies. Completely out of the blue. Absolutely baffling the agent on the other end. All these challenges she has managed better lately, but managing the challenges is work, and it's work that she acknowledges she can't really do alone. She finds comfort in help, in structured recovery systems. Even if the system is designed to help her recover from being a debtor, which she kind of isn't, she's found comfort in help from other people, too right kind of therapist, the right sponsor, and yes, even the right car rental agent. So Maria Bamford wrote a book. It's called, Sure, I'll Join Your Cult. In it, she writes about her journey to find mental health and what works for her. She also shares advice for others looking to do the same. And because it is a book by Maria Bamford, who is one of the world's greatest stand-up comics, it is also very, very funny. Maria Bamford was kind enough to read a little bit from Sure, I'll Join Your Cult. This is from a portion where she's describing one of her more positive romantic relationships, her serious boyfriend from high school. Wyden gave me the experience of a friend and a boyfriend, though I never took advantage of us having a friendship by telling him exactly what was going on. OCD thoughts, eating disorder. Who knows? Maybe he would have been totally... It maybe he would have totally bailed upon hearing about what nightmares were actually really going on in my gorgeous head. Maybe I dodged a bullet, but as far as I gave him an opportunity to be, he was a good pal. He was goofy, but keeping it together, like Jerry Seinfeld. He got a full-ride scholarship through undergrad and grad school. And as you know from everything before this sentence, I eat breakfast from the bottom of my purse. I skim and react to texts. I yell apologies while crashing into your car. I'm fun to watch from a distance in that I give you a sense of superiority. (laughs) (laughs) I'm fun. Lots of fun. Folks, she is fun. She's a ton of fun. It's the great Maria Bamford. It's great Maria Bamford. Um, uh, I... I did have a great experience of falling in love when I was around uh, 17 because my dad sent me to Dale Carnegie, uh, How to Win Friends and Influence People, which gave me the skills uh, or a format to talk to other human beings. And so I started talking to everybody and like it was a video game. And Wait, did he send you to win friends? And, and again, we're talking about a regular adult win friends and influence people. Yes. 18 weeks in the basement of the Duluth Library, a public library downtown shaped like an oar boat. Uh, me, uh, my dad, and then about 12 other uh 
small business people uh-huh. in uh, Duluth, Minnesota, who who wanted to up their public speaking game um, or make new connections. Uh, and uh, yeah, it changed my life on some level. Like I was just. I had a a way to talk with people, which I just didn't know how to do before, Um, and support around it. Like people going, I don't know if you've ever read Dale Carnegie. Uh, It's uh, it's problematic. But uh, one of the things is you get say the person's name over and over again, Jesse. Right, Jesse. I learned, I learned that one in academic decathlon. I mean, it's great, Jesse, because you hear from, your name and you from feel Toastmasters. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, you hear it, and then you uh, ask the person about themselves. Everybody wants the sweetest sound of a person's ears is their sound of their own name. Plus, you know, everybody wants to talk about themselves. But then you get the person saying yes, yes, yes. You know, uh, that's that's sort of an advanced concept, more for for sales, but also can work in dating, and. Um, yeah, so eventually I started talking to everybody, and I thought, why can't I just talk to this guy who I've liked for six years? <laughs> and uh, and I did, and then we started dating. Maria, yes. was How to Win Friends and Influence People meetings the first meetings? The f- Yeah, that would be the first kind of concept that I wholeheartedly bought into. But there were two other ones, Christianity, of course, my parents, which was a loose Episcopalianism, which involved you had to go, had to go. Uh, what I interpreted Episcopalian was, was that you had to look good, like dress up, look nice, because, <laughs> honey, come on, comb, your, comb your hair. I was raised Episcopalian, as you can probably tell. Yes, yeah. We're readers. Uh, yeah, I. it's a... And it's a cult, but it's yeah, it's loosely held. Um, you feel um, you're like a baby in a diaper. Like it's uh, uh-huh. you. <laughs> uh-huh. Then I got into Suzuki violin at the age of three, which most definitely is a cult. Uh, and I am sorry, you parents who think you're doing something good for your children. <laughs> Maybe you are. Uh, I'll I'll give you that. Maybe you are. Okay, so. What about is it one of them is um, it's like act enthusiastic and you'll to... be enthusiastic, which is true. I mean, it's also um, heartbreaking um, in that <laughs> in that you, you say, "Wow, yeah." I mean, I'm all I, I I do believe that like positive mental attitude thinking all that stuff that that there is something to that. Um, I started having signs of bipolar and uh, depression as a kid, as as well as OCD, and I think acting like I was enthusiastic did it help. I mean, nobody likes to be around a sad sack. I know. So in that way, I think it helped me get more social acceptance. Um, and, and and I see that knowing I'm a sad sack. I also have friends who are sad sacks. Uh, I get it. It's tiresome. Oh, I still feel bad. What? You still feel bad, but in a new way? Go to hell. <laughs> but I already made you banana bread three times this week. It's tiresome to be around someone who's chronically ill. It's exhausting. <laughs> so get yourself, you know, take yourself out uh, for ice cream cone and uh, treat yourself like a precious object. Uh, but uh, but also, yeah, you've got to acknowledge 
what's your real experience is. Uh, and, and so in that way, I find it offensive. Act enthusiastic and you'll be enthusiastic. I mean, often in your comedy, mm-hmm. your comedy has a lot of, um, I'm trying to remember, if I'm trying and failing to remember the the phrase in the in the city paper that described your <laughs> flitting from character to character. It's like almost to an almost concerning degree or Monstrous something. schizophrenia, which is another joke of mine. Uh, schizophrenia is hearing voices. Uh, it's not doing voices. <laughs> um, and uh, and it's also it's a real illness that is being explored by many comedians now. Um, there is there are some great com- comics with schizophrenia out there, which I'm just so it's just really wonderful to have people talking about neurodiverse experiences um, and, you know, from all different races, genders, you know, sexualities. It's Yay, internet. I'm not always sure when you're when you're offering a, a an enthusiastic character. You know, there's a lot of enthusiastic marketers and business speakers, um members of your family. Yeah, oh my um, mom, my mom I mean, I always thought she was just lucky and she she got the best, but it turns out no, she just made it. She just decided, like, oh, this microphone, gosh, that's wonderful. Jesse, where did you get this? It's just delightful. I mean, you just see how it goes out, and it could be used by a musician or or in a podcast, which is, del- you know, and I know you are, this is one of the top podcasts, and I really appreciate it. I would love to have, I'm not going to take it with me. I'm not going to put it in my purse, but I would if I could. Um, But I... <laughs> I I often think that these people live in the in between place uh, where their enthusiasm might ring hollow, but it isn't entirely insincere, and yet at the same time, it neither is it just pure delusion. No, not at all. Yeah, it's it's the and. Yeah, it's just it's lovely. Like I would like to be that person. I would like to have be a slow bleed into becoming my mother, just saying things <laughs> like, "I love that hat. I really do." And <laughs> I just I want to ask you where you got it, but I can't. I will not. I will not do it. I once had about three minutes of interaction with your mother, and it was exactly <laughs> like that. I just, yeah, <laughs> yeah, just filled with gratitude for whatever was happening oh, right there at then. a community yeah. center in Eagle Rock. Yeah, yeah. It's your 40th birthday, and you decided to have at the Eagles, at the Eagles Club, and we have no military background in our family. Well, this is fun. <laughs> this is fun. Good for you, honey. I mean, she had a master's in social it work. Worked, that's yeah. not it. That's not nothing. That, that is, oh, no, no. Perfect, as good a qualification as any to use the, the Eagles Club in Eagle Rock. Yeah, yeah. No, she was very, very, very positive. Uh, yeah, I have a friend who's also very positive. Who is it's kind of a another character they've used forever. Where uh, my friend Amy, who the first time she saw him, she said, "When I first saw Marie, I saw her, and she was at an open mic, and I said, oh, well, good for you. You just do what you want to do, I guess.' <laughs> then I saw her, and a few more people were there, and it was like a regular show where people paid, and you know, I was like, oh." 
huh, where you're getting better. And then, and then I saw her on television and there were hundreds of people there. And I said, you're a star. Like, I don't know, which that makes me so laugh. It laughs so hard where it's like the whole, uh, you know, if you see something in the right place, you'll think it's amazing. Uh-huh. Uh, but anything uh, up close and personal uh, is not that interesting. We have more to get into with Maria Bamford after the break. Stay with us. It's Bullseye from MaximumFun.org and NPR. This message comes from NPR sponsor Capital One. The Capital One VentureX business card has no preset spending limit, so the card's purchasing power can adapt to meet business needs. Plus, the card earns unlimited double miles on every purchase, so the more a business spends, the more miles earned. And when traveling, the VentureX business card grants access to over 1,300 airport lounges. The VentureX business card. What's in your wallet? Terms and conditions apply. Find out more at CapitalOne.com slash VentureXBusiness. This message comes from NPR sponsor Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sell without needing to code or design. Just bring your best ideas and Shopify will help you open up shop. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash NPR. This message comes from NPR sponsor ServiceNow. Everyone's talking about AI, but where do you start? How can it actually help your business? The ServiceNow platform brings intelligence into every corner of your company. So every person, every system, every process, everything works better. Put AI to work. Go to servicenow.com slash genai to see how. This message comes from NPR sponsor Progressive, and it's Name Your Price Tool. Say how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show coverage options within your budget. Visit Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Peter Sagal. NPR is very serious, mostly. It treats newsmakers with all due respect, almost all the time. It brings you the most important information about the issues that really matter, usually. And it never asks famous people about things they don't know anything about, except once in a while. Join us for the great exception. Listen to Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, the news quiz from NPR. Welcome back to Bullseye. I'm Jesse Thorne. I'm talking with Maria Bamford. She's a stand-up comic and actor. She starred on the TV show Lady Dynamite. She's appeared on Arrested Development, BoJack Horseman, and many other television programs. She has a brand new book out. It's called, Sure, I'll Join Your Cult. In it, she writes about her experience with mental illness and her efforts to overcome it. Let's get back into our conversation. So you mentioned the struggles that you were going through as a teenager, Mm -hmm. which were OCD and specifically like uh, disturbing intrusive thoughts. Intrusive thoughts, yes. Those are uh, not all the time, but it can depend on whatever the taboo is in your culture. (laughs) So uh, just think about it. What what would be the worst thing you could be? Uh, I grew up in the 80s, so it was gay. Uh, Those were the worst things as well as serial killer. Uh, Somehow I thought uh, I would be one of those or uh, uh, 
pedophile. Um, so those are my three main focuses, and uh, I've never taken action on any of those. In fact, I st- uh, stood up, would stay up all night uh, and sit on my hands to prevent myself from doing any sorts of monstrous things. Um, and we should clarify that while I'm speaking for you here, but mm-hmm. While you're still opposed to pederasty yes. and serial killing, you're <laughs> and, very pro-gay now. Oh, of course. Yes. No, of course. And the opposite can happen. If you're, or say you're gay and then they say, oh, but I, what if I'm straight and I'm lying? People have uh, OCD about relationships. Like, am I really in love with my spouse or am I really attracted to them? And they kind of check. It's like this checking, seeing if you're really, you know, oh, I've got a but I've got to tattoo myself with their face on top of my face so they know that I know that they know. Like, just the obsession. Whatever it is that you're fearful about, um, religious obsessions are very uh, uh, common. Also, it can be problematic because sometimes you can go to a faith-based therapist, and if you tell them some of the fears that you're having, um, they're also a mandated reporter. So if they don't know about intrusive thoughts, they think maybe you're going to do that. And then you've just paid somebody 75 bucks to call the cops, and, <laughs> which I have done. And guess what? The cops never came because it's Los Angeles. They're too busy. Uh, <laughs> but so it's it's getting more well-known. The IOCDF uh, Foundation, uh, uh International OCD Foundation has some great resources online uh, that are worldwide and free. Um, and then there's another for-profit organization called No CD, which I have done some advertising for uh, that you can get uh, teletherapy online. And um, yeah, when I finally, when I got help when I was 35, it changed my life. Like within three sessions with a OCD therapist, it was, I was done with it. Like it was just bizarre how... Uh, I was like, oh, it's just a thing? It's just a weird blip in my head? <laughs> um, but at what point did you realize that it was not just a lowercase p problem, but a capital P problem? Like, at what point did you realize that this was something that happened to other people and that there was treatment possible and that you could tell somebody about it and that kind of thing. Well, you know what's so sad is that the reason I thought, oh, I could get some help for this is I had the money. Because first I had gone, I tried to go to a Christian therapist when I was a kid uh, who was very confusing. Oh, my God. She gave me so many more obsessions <laughs> to work with. And uh, then I went to see somebody when I was around 25, who was the person who called the cops. And then I finally said, I was 35, I was like, I've got, I have a really nice apartment. I've got a dog. And I still can't spend time alone with family or friends. Like, WTF. I Googled it. As we always do with like, healthcare, literally, you could. I had the self esteem, <laughs> but, but like at, at that point in your life, you're in your mid thirties. You're already a professional stand up comic. You're doing pretty well. It's not the your career still had peaks to grow to, but you were a real successful stand up comic, and you could spend about half an hour with somebody that you really liked that really liked you before you couldn't deal with the anxiety of no yeah not not very long not very long like a half hour and stand up is a coping mechanism to connect with people i have so many endorphins when i'm on stage i cannot think of those obsessions when i'm on stage and so it's very freeing stand up was as well as a way to connect with people that felt safe 
so yeah, it's hilarious how it kind of enabled me to finally get help because uh, OCD therapy is not cheap. It was 300 bucks a pop at that time, which um, I'm that's 15 years ago, 16 years ago. So I, I don't know how much it is now. I think no CD, it's, I want to say it's 100 bucks a pop, but then they have sliding scale. Uh, and then ILCDF, you can also go for, uh, they have free groups. But um, yeah, I think it was just uh, the power of money. And I think that's, I can't imagine that's not true for many people of like, I really despise the healthcare memes out there that are like, hey, you, ask for help. Hey, it's mental health week. <laughs> Tell someone. It's like, who? Who? Like, <laughs> what? <laughs> I, I just, it makes me so, so mad. But I, my, my advice is to call anybody. Call Hertz Rent-A-Car. I called them South Pasadena, California. Uh, they picked up on the first ring. I told this woman what was going on, that I'm taking up too much space in society. Uh, I'm no longer, you know, I'm using up valuable resources. She said, all I can do is rent you a car. But then before hanging up on me, she did say, you know, I do believe every human life has value. You take care. So come on. How's that? Not nothing. <laughs> Hertz tries harder. Is that hurts? I think that's hurts. Well, I mean, I think there are th at least I felt like an idiot, you know, like what like somehow, oh, I'm not I'm not doing it right that I'm not getting the help or I'm not getting the right help or good, you know, cuz that's the other thing is and this is especially thing in Los Angeles they'll go, "Oh, you you don't have a psychopharmacologist?" Oh, You've got to get this one guy who's in, he's only on a helicopter pad in Malibu from the, from three to 4 a.m. Um, and he's like on retainers. So it's 10 grand a month, but you, I mean, he gets your meds so you could work a 15 hour day. Like, <laughs> like, yeah, that, that kind of stuff is, I find it so irritating. And, and also the fact that the people, who are the most inspiring are not celebrities with mental health or health issues. It is people who are making it day to day. Uh, how, how, how in the heck are they doing it? I don't, I don't know. You also really had to deal with money issues, which you did largely through debtors anonymous. Yes. Yes. Which is free. Um, <laughs> But it also, you know, I think the first time you, I met you and interviewed you, you were a headlining stand-up comic. And you're, again, not top of the heap, but I'm sure making enough money to eat and Yeah, oh, and yes, live. no, for sure, sure. And you were doing temp work. Yeah. During the week. Yes, yes, yes. And that was something that Debtors Anonymous, as any social service program can help you, is like, how do I learn how to have a job? I just didn't know how to have and keep a job. I still am not very good at it. I've been fired many times before. Um, but, yeah, so I ended up being a secretary. That was the highest wage I could think of making while it's still being bearable. And, um, yeah, I did that for about 10 years while doing stand-up. Um, 
yeah, it's so, I, I love temping so much. I know sometimes I suggest it to people and they're like, hmm. I think I'm fine. And <laughs> uh but I yeah, I loved it cuz it I mean, was I get the impression that part of the appeal of temping which you did for many years was simply that you had to find a way to go do a job. Yeah, limited eye contact, always different people. Uh, like, so, and task oriented. So it's like, I just had to do this one task. I didn't have to, you know, talk with people or, uh, yeah. And then also the task is over. I'm out. You there's, know, there's a part in your book where you say, I still sometimes go to sleep with all my business clothes on <laughs> so, so that I don't have to prepare for work in the morning. Yes. And the reason you say that you do that is not because you want to sleep in or, you know, you, you're reliving the trauma of, of not wanting to sleep in, of wanting to sleep in or something, but simply because it removed one juncture at which you could bail. Have a choice. Working. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, okay, I already got my shoes on. I already, you know, my hair's already combed. It's a little must from the pillows, but yeah, I'm, I'm ready to go. And, uh, yeah, I'd call the five temp agencies. I assume temp agencies. I just had a friend. Um, I suggested a uh, temp agency. She went and she got a, a personal assistant uh, job with a very famous person, um, which paid super well. And I've had another friend go with a famous artist. And it, it could pay really well. And uh, also, uh, you can leave at any point. And I have been fired from many temp jobs before, fired from jobs where they said, you are never going to work for Warner Brothers again. The next day would be hired back at Warner Brothers. So, the yeah, it's very low stakes, very low stakes. <laughs> we'll finish up with Maria Bamford after a quick break. Writing a book, if you have never done it, is hard. Sure, I'll Join Your Cult is Maria's first book. And she'll talk about the lessons she learned from writing it. It's Bullseye for MaximumFun.org and NPR. This message comes from NPR sponsor Bluehost, introducing Wondersuite. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few questions and get a unique, customizable WordPress website or store right away. Go to Bluehost.com Wondersuite. Support for NPR and the following message come from Betterment, an automated investing and savings app. CEO Sarah Levy shares why accessibility is central to Betterment's mission. The real innovation for Betterment was taking a set of tools that were used by the ultra-wealthy and making them accessible to the average investor. And that includes tax strategies, that includes dollar-cost averaging. These are all sort of tricks of the trade. Learn more about automated investing technology at Betterment.com. Investing involves risk. Performance is not guaranteed. Co-Optober continues in celebration of National Co-op Month. I'm Palmeira Muniz, producer and a worker-owner at MaxFun. I'm Mrs. Ambrosio, producer, and I'm also a worker-owner at MaxFun. This week is all about community. Of course, we couldn't be a co-op without the MaxFun community, and we love it whenever members of our audience get together. So we're having another MaxFun meetup this Thursday, October 12th. And next week, we'll be hosting a panel discussion with other worker-owners across the co-op community. 
and we are still selling our limited edition Launch Crew merch available to all MaxFun members. But only through the end of the month. For more info on Meetup Day and everything Co-Optober, head to MaximumFun.org slash Co-Optober. That's C-O-O-P-T-O-B-E-R. Have a great week. I'm Jesse Thorne. You're listening to Bullseye. My guest is Maria Bamford. She's one of the best stand-up comics in the world. She just released a memoir. It's called, Sure, I'll Join Your Cult. Maria, everyone that I have ever had a casual conversation with about writing a book who is not a full-time professional book author, Mm -hmm. or at the very least a prolific magazine writer, (laughs) has told me that writing a book was the hardest thing they've ever done and not worth it. (laughs) Really? Or at at the minimum, not financially worth it. I wonder if that that's the problem, is not reading the contract, because that's what I did. I did not read the contract. I just saw the overall number, which I will tell you, is 150000 What? Oh, my God. I'm trying to make a cartoon eyes with my lips. Right. You know, Anyways, I see the dollar signs in your eyes. Yeah. So excited. Uh, they send you the a third of it up front. So that's like $44,000. Oh, my God. So exciting. But so afraid to write a book. I say, I got to hire an editor. <laughs> I paid all that money to editors to help me get me to write the book. So then... What I didn't read in the contract is that your book isn't done, not when you you say it's done. It's done when the publishers say it's done, which means a long, long time. That means, uh, for me, four years after I initially started writing it, which uh, good to know that the, the, the publishers have extremely high standards <laughs> that I would not meet until four years later. Um, so that was fascinating. Again, I should have read the contract. Then the next time you get the last bit of money is uh, when it it comes out as a soft cover, which I assume is two years from now. So you're getting $150,000 over six to seven years. Um, And if you're not very good at writing, then you're getting a lot of feedback that's Sometimes like a cold splash of water in your face of like, but I've, my mother said I was so talented. And they're not, they're trying to say it in a nice way because they would like you to finish the book. They would really like you to finish it. Uh, Yeah, it was. You did finish it. I did, I did finish it. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, yeah, it was, uh, I I thought that was fascinating because I had read so many authors biographies like Poe it's um all the depressing poets the ones from the 40s and 50s who you know killed themselves by alcohol or uh, on purpose and um they were always asking about money they're always like listen I know it's six years in but if you could just uh you know just kind of skirt me like maybe 600 bucks until the end of February everybody's just it's all about money and uh and it, it was true. That was something I, I did think about. Uh, what I should have done is just start writing the book myself, not gotten anybody paid any editors until I knew what the book was about and uh, and paid myself so I didn't have to go out on the road. Uh, but oh, well, live you live and learn. And I mean, you went out on the road and did your extraordinary art. Yeah. And 
touch yeah. people's lives. So it's not a it's not a full loss <laughs> that you did um, that. I one of my favorite things that artists sometimes say um, when they've been canceled is, uh, "I mean, what else am I going to do? <laughs> this is all I've been doing for thirty, forty. Years. All I've been doing is comedy for thirty, forty. Years. What else could I do? Almost anything." <laughs> If you can lean, you can clean. Uh, yeah, I'm qualified for so many jobs. So many. I'm not saying I would do them well. You'd be irritated if you had to work with me. But, but sometimes it, sometimes it's surprising what it takes to get fired. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No, they, they didn't. Uh, well, that was the other thing. Oh, you have to give all the money back, which I did not realize. So is From the book contract. From the book if contract. If you don't write if, the book. Or if they reject the book that you've written. And you don't get to deduct expenses when you— No, 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 no. So at one point, I could have been, presumably, I sort of was, $50,000 in the hole uh, to have written a book. You know, it was almost like I was going to graduate school to— Anyways, very funny in retrospect— I'm so glad it's over, and uh, very. I'm very proud of it. I think it's. I think it's pretty good. Maria, do you know that thing that people say now? Yeah, it's sort of like it's. It's almost like when people used to sign off on the phone by saying "peace." I don't know if that ever happened to you. Maybe oh. I had a more oh. urban peer group. Yeah, but um, <laughs> peace. That's wonderful. now. I feel like a lot of people in my life say, "I appreciate you." You know, and it can feel a little cliched, um, but I sure do appreciate no, you, Maria. Thank you so much. No, and I appreciate you. And, I, and I, 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 I'm yes. not asking for you to appreciate me. I'm just saying how much I appreciate you and and really admire you too. So, thank you, thank you for coming back on Bullseye. I'm I'm really happy to see you again. Thank you for having me, Maria Bamford. Everyone, Maria's book, Sure, I'll Join Your Cult is a must-read for fans of her comedy and for anyone who has dealt with mental illness. If you haven't seen Maria Bamford perform stand-up, you are absolutely in for a treat. Even if it's, I mean, just just type it into your video apps. Just type Maria Bamford in. She's literally the best in the business. One of the funniest human beings that's ever lived. That's the end of another episode of Bullseye. Bullseye is created from the homes of me and the staff of Maximum Fun in and around greater Los Angeles, California. Here at my house, we're putting some awnings on the windows. Little passive energy savings. Our show is produced by Speaking Into Microphones. Our senior producer is Kevin Ferguson. Our producers are Jesus Ambrosio and Richard Roby. Our production fellow at Maximum Fun is Priyana Paz. We get booking help from Mara Davis. Our interstitial music is by DJW, also known as Dan Wally. Our theme song is Huddle Formation by the band The Go Team. Our thanks to The Go Team, our thanks to their label, Memphis Industries Records. Bullseye is on Instagram, at Bullseye with Jesse Thorne. I hope you will follow us there, uh, see behind-the-scenes pics, and see how we do and why we do what we do, and hear clips from episodes, and we're having a lot of fun there on Instagram. And I think that's about it. Just remember, all great radio hosts have a signature sign-off. Bullseye with Jesse Thorne is a production of MaximumFun.org and is distributed by NPR. Here at Planet Money, we bring complex economic ideas down to earth. We find weird, fun, interesting stories that explain the way money shapes our lives. Inflation, recessions, the price of gas, we've got you. Listen now to the Planet Money podcast from NPR.